1: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: It's Rust Belt Thursday. Rust Belt Thursday. We did the Browns, or no, we're doing the Browns. We did the Steelers, we did the Lions. We're talking Bills, of course, and uh, not of the Browns. Browns and Texans will play Saturday in that AFC South Saturday special, which is always what you get when the AFC South winner hosts. It's, it seems to be that Saturday spot. The Bills have played in that spot against those uh, those Texans. Jeremy White, Sal Capaccio. We'll get Nathan Zagura, who's on the uh, Browns broadcast broadcast. Uh, In just a moment, on the Western Hotline, you can give us a call too, 803-0550 and 1-888-550-2550. Sal, I have a question for you before we get to Nathan as we dial him up. How's the sauna?
3: It is one of the best purchases I've ever made. Wow. It's incredible. I use it every day. It actually inspires me to get my workout in earlier in the day and get it done. Like You know what I mean? If I can't go to the gym, which I haven't really been able to go to the gym a lot during the season here been working out at home i can't wait to work out but i basically say i can't go in the sauna until i work out because it feels amazing to go in there after i'm done so i turn it on i put it at 150 which is what it goes to and i you know work out even if it's just a 20 30 minute workout whatever that just get it done and then i go in there and i sweat and i feel great all right it's awesome well good i recommend it and it's got health benefits right it's an infrared yeah, yeah. sauna so, I, I just, it, it really is. It's one of the, the best purchases I've ever made. I, I, I said last night, I went in yesterday morning, worked out, went in. And then last night, said to Yana, I go, I think I want to go in the sauna again tonight. She's like, no, like once a day is enough. Like she's worried about <laughs> whatever, right? And I'm like, no, I want to go in. I didn't go in last night, but, you know, it's cool. Then the other day, we actually have a hot tub outside, bought a hot tub a couple of years ago. And that was really cool. Went in the hot tub, then went in the sauna after that. So, that was a nice, relaxing
2: night. Yeah. Winter hot tub's always nice. Winter yes hey happy belated birthday to
3: your wife because so that was your birthday so or her birthday so happy thank birthday. you uh yeah thank you and sh- i'll pass that along yeah. sure she'll be told she gets told all the time at work what we talk about on this radio station just yeah. want you to
2: know that that happens to my wife too yeah mm-hmm. she's not listening like
3: oh they were talking about
2: this this morning they're talking about this or that yep yep yeah. on the western hotline nathan zagura is uh gonna join us nathan good morning it's jeremy and sal thanks for taking some time today
4: you got it. Good to be with you.
2: So we've, we've we've joked today's Rust Belt Thursday. We've we've talked Bills, Steelers, of course. Talked to a Lions reporter, and now we're on to the Browns, who are what? What are the Browns? Are they to be feared right now? Uh, you know, the Bills and Browns might have something in common: going to the playoffs, playing well. How good are the Browns right now?
4: I think they're very good. I mean, this defense is the best defense in the National Football League. You've got the best trio of corners with Denzel Ward, MJ Emerson, and Greg Newsome. And then you've got, I think, the best defensive player in the league in Miles Garrett up front, in addition to a lot of other quality vets and even some young players who have stepped up. So the defense is certainly the the focus first and foremost. And then you flip it around to the other side, and Joe Flacco's playing great football. He's thrown for 300-plus yards in three straight games. Since he's become the starting quarterback for the Browns, he leads the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Avari Cooper had been the leading receiver in the league. You know, David Njoku is averaging 90 yards and a touchdown a game his last four. So we've got some weapons on offense. We've got a big play offense. I think the one thing the Browns still need to do is take care of the football a little bit better. But this is a championship-quality defense and an offense that can make certainly enough plays with Joe Flacco's big arm getting the ball down the field.
2: Nathan, has Flacco kind of... I don't know, uh, vindicated the Browns head coach for being a good offensive coach because it it had been a battle there. And Deshaun Watson, you know how that went early for him. And then on to Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Here's Flacco, who's a veteran off the street, sure. But if he can do this, I would think that my takeaway would be this offensive staff clearly knows what it's doing.
4: I mean, I would say, yeah. And I I don't even know if it's about Joe Flacco as much as you know, you won games with P.J. Walker. He was able to, to call and orchestrate a game-winning drive for Dorian Thompson-Robinson against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Kevin Stefanski. if you look at every quarterback who's played with him, they pretty much played their best football with him. Now, Deshaun Watson, as he pointed out, would be the one exception, and I think that that is he was getting there, though. The last time we saw him, he went 14-14 in the second half to lead the Browns to a huge win on the road against the number one seed in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. So, no, I think Fancy is he should be the coach of the year with what he's had to deal with. The Browns are now the first team in the history of the National Football League to make the playoffs in a season in which they lost their week one starting quarterback, running back, right tackle, and left tackle. We even lost our second right tackle, DeLon Jones, the rookie out of Ohio State, who was playing great football. I mean, this team has dealt with a lot of injuries. He's kept them focused, and he is an elite offensive mind. I think Joe Flacco fits what Kevin Stefanski is the best at and the most comfortable with, which is the sequencing of the marriage of the run in the past, that hard play action shot game. I think that that's what he is the best at under center. And so I think that's been a very good union for Flacco and for Stefanski.
3: Nathan, what, when, and if, I guess I'd say, is the conversation going to have, be had about the quarterback future next year? And how uncomfortable is that conversation going to be? Is it as simple as you just it's can't go away from Watson because of the contract?
4: Why would you – Deshaun Watson's 8-4 and four is the starter of the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson right. led you the last time you saw him to the win over the Baltimore Ravens. His teammates love him. Yep. He's an incredibly talented guy. There, it, there is no conversation. It's not uncomfortable at all. I think everybody knows it's Deshaun Watson's team going forward, and right now you're going to live in the moment and enjoy what Joe Flacco is doing, and, and this team hopefully is able to go on a very, very special run.
2: Nathan Zaguro joining us on the Western Hotline, Cleveland Browns color analyst and host of, uh, co-host of Browns Daily So what are you said take the take care of the ball better? Is that about it? Is the only weakness the turnover? Is there is there nothing on defense teams have had success doing? I've seen some of the stats and some of the numbers on the Browns defense. Like success rate is one kind of newfangled stat people use, and it's the best ever. So I have a full respect for how good the Browns defense is. Is there anywhere that teams are able to find success against them?
4: Yeah, I would say that you know offensively, you know the Browns led the league in giveaways. And it is not often that you'd say, oh, you started five quarterbacks, led the league in giveaways and that you were, would go 11 and six and be in the playoffs. But so they've got to clean that up offensively, defensively. If there's one thing when you kind of get to the numbers that stands out, the rounds were actually last in the red zone and last in goal to go situations in terms of the percentage of touchdowns they allowed was the highest in the NFL. Now, a lot of those cases to be fair to the defense happened because of turnovers. And so they were kind of thrust back onto the field in very short field situations, but You know, if you want to go in the playoffs and you want to be able to win a Super Bowl, you have got to turn potential sevens into threes. And those are kind of four-point plays for the defense. And so that's the only area. Now, the good news is they don't let people into the red zone very often. They they force three and outs at the highest rate since they've been tracking it. It's a a very good defense. But in the playoffs, you are going to be tested. And down in the red zone, that's where this defense needs to show significant improvement in the postseason relative to the regular season.
3: A few weeks ago, they went to Houston. They beat the Texans pretty badly. Amari Cooper had a fantastic game. Houston obviously was yeah. with, without C.J. Stroud in that game. What about this game? You know, What do you see as far as a game plan now facing a C.J. Stroud team? But also, give us an update on Amari Cooper and where he stands.
4: Yeah, Amari Cooper is good to go. He could have played last week if, if they needed him to, but he's just kind of been resting to get healthy here. Yeah, last time he was there, set a Browns franchise record, 265 yards and two touchdowns in that game. And so the matchup, it's very similar. Now, the questions for the Texans right now is the last two days, and we'll find out today because it's really like a Friday, about Jonathan Grenard, who was their leading sack guy with 12-and-a-half sacks. He got hurt against the Browns in that game, has not played since. He has not practiced this week with an ankle injury. Will Anderson aggravated his ankle, and he has not practiced. He's got seven sacks, the number three overall pick. That's second on their team. So they could be without And then Jerry Hughes is out. So they could be without their top three edge rushers. I think that bodes very well for the Browns offensively against a defense that struggled to stop the pass. It's a defense that plays more zone just about than anybody in the league. They're 80% zone team. they 50-50 in terms of they play a lot of shell, cover two, cover four. They lead the league in split safety looks. So I think for a veteran like Joe Flacco, he knows what he's going to see. He knows what he's going to get. That's who they are. Demeko Ryan's coming from that 49ers tree. Very similar to what we did with Joe Woods you know, a couple of years ago where you know those zone concepts. You know the zone beaters, and I think Joe Flacco's the guy to be able to attack that. Now, when you flip it around, totally different, right? Case Keenum wanted to get the ball out quickly. You guys know him from mm-hmm. Buffalo. We know him certainly here from Cleveland. He wanted to get the ball out quickly. C.J. Stroud will hold the ball, fifth longest time to throw, but he can make big plays down the field, and he is an incredible young quarterback. The only way to get to him is with pressure, and as a young quarterback – Dealing with that pressure has been difficult for C.J. Stroud. That's the only area that he hasn't been, quite frankly, elite or MVP level. And so with Miles Garrett and Darius Smith, I think the Browns have got to be able to get after him, and that will, be the, that will give them the ability to, I think, slow down this offense. Because if you look at C.J. Stroud against top pass defenses and defenses that play similar schemes to ours, he has struggled. And so I think for the Browns, that's going to be the key, the pressure. And then you can't let Nico Collins beat you. Nico Collins was coming off of an injury last time, had 18 yards. Last week at 195, he has been kind of a one-man band for that team. And so I think Denzel Ward, you're going to get him locked up there on Nico Collins, put a safety on the top and say, you know what, T.J., you've got to make somebody else beat us, and I'm not sure they have those other guys. If the Browns take care of the football, I think there's a better team, but that's been the Achilles heel all year. Nathan
2: Zagura, Nathan, before I let you go, all of our visits today, we've, we've actually talked about the news of the day, and there's a connection with Bill Belichick in Cleveland. So thoughts on uh, Belichick's time in New England finally ending?
4: Yeah, it's wild. I mean, you think about Nick Saban yesterday at Alabama and Bill Belichick today at, at, at New England, and it's you know I don't know that you're ever going to see those kind of dynasties replicated at, at either level, and so it's pretty wild to think that that's it's the end of the road for Bill Belichick in New England. But uh, I, maybe he's not done. I know that there's some other jobs out there that probably are pretty attractive to him, but it's wild. It's kind of it's the end of an era, right? He's an iconic coach, and obviously the run that the Patriots had. Completely iconic. Same with Nick Saban there at Alabama. And so I guess as they say, all good things must come to an end. But you think about the last couple of days, Vrabel felt like a little bit of a surprise. The news about Pete Carroll up in Seattle transitioning to an advisor role. And then now you've got Saban out at Alabama, Belichick out at New England. It's, it's, it's pretty wild the last few days around the football landscape.
2: Yeah. One quarter of the league is changing its coaches. Eight teams wow. out of the 32. Nathan, thanks so much for the time and uh, enjoy the game on Saturday.
4: You got it, guys.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Nathan Zagura, color analyst of uh, the Browns broadcast and host of Browns Daily as well, joining us. Sal, I think I'm bullish on the Browns beating the Texans. The defense, you know, Mm -hmm. the the numbers on their defense, it's nuts. And Flacco Mm -hmm. hasn't, like, just gone in and been a game manager. Those numbers, he's put up big, big numbers. Now, maybe none of the defenses he's played against are all that impressive. Um, The Jets late in the season, the Jaguars, the tech, uh, the Texans, the Bears, their defense got better. The Rams are in there too, but I don't know. I mean, if if the Browns win the Super Bowl, I mean, I'm gonna check their odds right here because they already beat the Ravens once, right? And if you have a defense that mm-hmm. good, historically good, their success rate is better than the 2000 Ravens. Like this
3: Browns defense is nuts. How good it is. What would be the more preferable matchup for the Bills? Let's let's say Miami wins. We'll know this in reverse order, obviously, because the the Cleveland-Houston game is first. But if Miami wins, the Bills will play the winner of that matchup, if the Bills win, obviously, on Sunday. Not trying to count chickens here. Yep. Um, What's the preferable matchup there for the Bills? Houston. I, I think so, too, but man, Stroud looks good, dude. He does. He does, but
2: I think right now... I agree with you, Let me me ask you this. What do you have more faith in? Here's a great question about the Bills. What do you have more faith in? This Bills offense beating the best defense, or the Bills Mm -hmm. defense shutting down the best offense? The defense. Me too. Me too. The Bills defense has Uh had incredible performances against the league's best offenses. And this offense against the best defenses, I'm not as convinced. I'm not as convinced. Like, when Nathan there lays out that they have the three best corners in football, if I've got Denzel Ward on digs and then the other two are great and they're covering, whether it's Gabe Mm -hmm. Davis or... Like, I would be concerned. Their pass rush, Miles Garrett, is a game wrecker. So... I think I have more faith in the Bills defense shutting down the Texans than I do the Bills offense getting enough on the Browns. Yeah.
3: That's not a spot I, I just, I've been in. I agree. I the way I would look at it is this. I I would have faith in a Sean McDermott led defense against a rookie quarterback as much as I love that quarterback and how much he's played. It's just I think that's a tough spot for a Houston. South Dome team to come up to Buffalo with a rookie quarterback against a Sean McDermott defense. Yeah. I think that's a more favorable matchup for me than the Bills offense facing that defense like you said and Jim Schwartz who has been around the block and he could devise some things to frustrate the Bills maybe a little bit.
2: Yep. Yeah, I would, I, I, it's all it's it's all it's all matchups. Right? Like that's that's the other thing about playoffs. If you Avoid a team that is your perfect foil, mm-hmm. then you are going to be fine. But if you have to play that team that you don't match up against, then you know you might be wo- excuse me one and done. Like the Rams with the Niners, the Niners always beat the Rams, always. And if you are the Rams and you are able to avoid San Francisco somehow, based on how it falls and somebody else knocks them out, you'd probably feel better about it all. So it's exciting. Twenty five percent of the league seeking new coaches it's
3: wild Nathan you know kind of very quickly pushed back on any sort of conversation about Deshaun and I agree with him I was just asking because I've seen it floated around out there that like they're they've been better without Deshaun but I understand he's eight and four I get it but he also said like he's the only one that hasn't really elevated his game under Stefanski so Deshaun Watson yeah he'll be the quarterback next year and I understand and Nathan's right. Like, there's no uncomfortable conversation. There's no conversation. He's the starting quarterback. But how can you not at least ignore the fact of where they are now and what's been happening regardless of kind of who the quarterback is, but especially since Flacco's taken over?
2: Eight hundred three hundred five fifty. Anyone on Belichick? Give us a call if you'd like. We've given our some of our thoughts on it, on what happens. What happens first? Belichick finds a home or the Patriots find a coach? I mean, you've got rumored candidates for the New England job, Frable, of course. And I saw a report about the Titans moving on from Vrabel. So Amy Adams Strunk, owner of the Titans, the game that they won in Miami, she left that game. (laughs) How about this? You come back and you beat the the Dolphins on the road like that, and the owner has left. And then you finish strong, you beat the Jaguars too, and you fire Vrabel. But one of the things that was in there – was that when Vrabel had his ceremony in New England, they put his name in the Ring of Honor, that he referred to the Patriots and said, we, we, we a lot, and that it rubbed some people in the Titans organization the wrong way. Mm, interesting. Right? mm mm-hmm. I, I got to admit, uh-huh. Sal, I found it odd that a current NFL coach on a bye week went to another NFL team to be honored. mm I'm not saying I have a yeah, major. I can understand that. I'm not saying I have a major problem with it myself, but one of those things that it was very apparent to me. I can't believe that a coach would do that. Just would would not feel like it was wrong in some way, and here you have it. The,
3: some in the Titans organization were rubbed the wrong way on it. I understand that. Yeah, I mean, I, I could look at both sides, and I and I agree. It's kind of it wouldn't be my. I wouldn't. I wouldn't love it. Like if I saw that, if I was the owner, like I, I understand how that could rub you wrong. I mean, that's. You know, for sure. So we'll see. And I, I do think Vrabel will be a coach next year. I don't know if he goes to New England. I think it's very you know, possible that happens. I think Belichick has a job next year. But to answer your question, I think uh I'd go with the Patriots hiring a coach before Belichick lands a job. Only because Belichick might want to get his staff in place and things like that before they actually do it.
2: Yeah. Andrew has just texted me a question. I got I got
3: another follow-up question for you to text. Is Pat Hammer? Is
2: he listening, Patrick Hammer? I think he's listening right
3: now. He might be. He's on he's on TV right now. He listens okay. in between breaks, I think. Andrew <laughs> Filipponi, Pittsburgh
2: 937 the fan just texted me this question. <coughs> have you heard anything about the game being moved because of the weather? Oh, jeez. Hold on. No. no, I have not. The only scenario where games get moved are if it snows so much before the game right at right. the game if a lot of snow is going to fall snow falls but thinking of games that have been canceled in the past it's six feet a day and a half or two days before the game three days before the game snow coming and a snow band being close by is not a move the game scenario but i i followed up and asked him you know are you hearing that so it's it's again it's probably not a contingency plan we have to we have to plan for but In the event, that's why I wanted you to text Pat Hammer. Like, what are the chances that snow band that's south of the stadium hits a little earlier and hits a little more north? And we have to scramble because people can't get in and out of their homes or driveways or Bills players, right? They had to get. We've had. They're all mixing together for me. The time that who was the guy that had to get at Oliver on a snowmobile to the stadium or to the plane? I mean, there've yeah. been, there've been situations they've where they've done that with many,
3: but yep. 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 Right. Where it's lined up for twenty fourteen was all the guys, basically the snowmobiles. Yep.
2: Yeah. Okay. The Steelers are asking questions about how the league would handle hypothetical situations is what Andrew has said to me. So, um, and that's a fair, I think it's a fair question to ask. How would this happen? It's happened for the bills in the past. They've gone to Ford field to play a game. Here's the, here's fly on the ointment you can't go to Ford Field <clears throat> they're playing <laughs> ha! You, you, they're... you can go to Minnesota boy Minnesota forget that I mean I could go to Detroit I can't get to Minnesota again it's not going to happen go to Indy Someone... Indy would be the Indy's... place listen Someone's hearing this segment and texting their friends. The guys on GR are oh talking about the game being moved and then the telephone Oh, game. my
3: gosh. Please, yeah, don't, don't speak that into the universe. You're right. That's what's going to happen because here's the other thing that happened. You, I don't know. You probably saw this yesterday on social media. I had a tweet yesterday that I am still sifting through the ridiculous, horrible, vile mentions coming at me from Dolphins fans, okay? Yesterday, I saw a Dolphins fan or two. Tweet something about how oh my god the player's safety they should move this game out of Kansas City right like sub zero temperatures and look I I uh, like it is totally on board and, and and relevant and I respect the fact that like I, I've been in those like those cold games and how cold it can get and I understand that I'm not gonna make fun of anybody even thinking about that or suggesting that but what I did write Jeremy was that I find it very very interesting that. The Dolphins fans and some media, I guess, made fun of Bills fans or media for comments about the heat last year down in Miami. And now we're actually talking about the game being moved from Kansas City because of the safety of the players. How hypocritical is that? So I tweeted that. And then Adam Beasley quote tweeted it. So now I have all these Dolphins fans coming at me like crazy. It's wild out there. I'm simply making the point. I'm not even telling you that there shouldn't be instances where games shouldn't be moved. I think there can be and there should be. And that was the right call when the Bills did it and the NFL did it, I should say, last year or 2014 or whatever. I just find it super ironic that these Miami people who made fun of Bill's people, fans, whatever, for saying, Holy cow, like that that was a real big safety issue. And it was players that, you know, were heat exhaustion on the field and ah, you babies. And now they're like, Hey, you think we should move the game from Kansas City? It's going to be zero degrees. Right. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yep. Well,
2: correct me if I'm wrong. The, the general consensus I get on Sunday's forecast is, if I could shorten it, it'll be winter. Is that it? Right? Like, it's going to be windy, it's going to be cold, and there might be a lake effect band of snow. But we're not talking about some sort mm-hmm. of weather event. Right. There's going to be more wind tomorrow. Tomorrow is another big windy day, from what I understand. And there's wind pretty much throughout the week, but we're not talking a six of, a six foot lake effect snow band dumping snow. We're talking about oh, it's going to be winter.
3: That's what I gather. So, eight hundred three hundred five fifty. We're we're not talking feet anyway. I don't think. No, right. I mean, it's like what did I read: two to three inches an hour, maybe, is what Pat sent me the other day. They could be with this. That's not six feet. Well, it depends on how many hours. <laughs> but you're right. You're right.
2: Yeah. And it's supposed to, well, we'll see. We'll get updated weather forecasts as we go. It's going to be fun to track, but winter. That's what we call winter. It's going to snow, be blustery. Could be
3: worse next week, I think, is what I'm looking at, by the way, uh, if, the, if the bills advance on. Oh, Maybe man. not. I don't know. I think next week there's a big storm. It could be before that, though. Oof. All right.
2: 803-0550 and one 550 2550 Get some phone calls when we return. Jeremy and Sal here on WGR.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your
3: Just overall, we have to continue to take uh, the lessons we've learned from the last six weeks or so, and and continue with those, continue to apply those lessons. And I think the biggest thing is just the love that the dis- the different displays or different forms of love that the guys have shown through their play in some in some capacities, and then just
5: you know off the field in other capacities. And I think that's probably the biggest thing in terms of how they've done some of the things that they've that they've done to this point.
2: Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, on his team on a win streak here. Jeremy White with you. Joe's off today. Sal Capaccio's in. The latest from uh, Buffalo weather on the game is it's looking increasingly likely that a strong band of lake effect snow will be near or over Orchard Park for the game. Winds will gust over 40, creating whiteout conditions wherever the band sets up. The high temperature is 21 on Sunday. Make sure you're bundled, bundled up if going to the game. So there you go. Somebody wrote to me yesterday, Sal. We we did this for the perfect game against the Patriots where it's going to be minus 12, wind chill and all that. And Hey, what's the best course of action? How do you do this? How do you keep your feet warm? How do you, you know, two so- pairs of socks, one pair of socks, uh, Ziploc bags over your feet. You know, I've seen all this. Bring cardboard to, yep. to stand on because of... The concrete is cold, and that actually, you know, makes your feet cold. So there's lots of tips and tricks. Maybe we'll share some of those going into uh, tomorrow, Football Friday. What I got, the advice I got for feet was that muck boots are the best. So I bought a pair of muck boots for that perfect game, Patriot game, and I wear them to every Bills game that is even the slightest hint of cold because they were – whoever gave me that suggestion, muck boots, the ones where you can, you know, stand in cold water if you need to, they are – Amazing, so I would highly endorse hmm. the idea of muck boots for your feet. My feet have never been cold at those games. when I wear those muck boots muck, all right muck boots yeah I, I
3: i've said the story many times. I got the tip i didn 't know, and I should have but you know uh, I know people have before, but um Dennis DePaulo, Vilio DePaulos, told me years ago, like put plastic bags on your feet. This was before the 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 perfect game, the game against the Patriots. I'm like plastic bags. I couldn't find any, but yeah, because you know back in the day, it would be like the bags. The bread would come in. You know, people would call it the, the like the the Wonder Bread bags. Yeah. But what I did was I put Ziploc bags on my feet. Then I put them in my boots. They were amazing. I I my I was never cold. All right. Very at good. All. I did it last year in Chicago too for the coldest game I had ever actually been on the sidelines for.
2: Eight zero three zero five fifty. Tim in Dallas is with us. Good morning, Tim.
5: Good morning, Gosh. Hey, Sal. I don't know how you do it, man. You transitioned from Florida, like West Palm Beach, to Buffalo. <laughs>
3: ah, Sarasota area,
5: but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do it, man. But uh, that's some good stuff. But let me ask you this: For me, I, I like Bill, and to me. He's had the worst luck when it came to the draft offensively. So, uh, that's been their struggles. But overall, his tenures, they've been always having great defense. So he's been giving us trouble even we, you know, before Josh even got there. Uh, so I think, I don't, I don't think he wants to coach anymore, man. He wants to be in one of those, uh, advisory roles, sort of like that coach from Tampa Bay, uh, as, uh, him and Brady wasn't getting along, so uh, they pushed him out of the coaching role and put him in the front office. So I could see Bill doing that, you know, but more than coaching. Because when you look at him on the sideline, it's sort of like he's just tired of it, man. It's like, oh, you know, I get that all the time when I'm watching the Patriots game.
2: Well, if he is going to go to the front office, I wonder if he'll say that. He's got a press conference today coming up at noon today, right? So... Kraft and Belichick are going to speak, and Belichick is going to be asked if he wants to coach. And if he does what he normally does, he won't ask answer any questions. But we'll see. I, and he doesn't have the chops. I mean, advisory role. I don't know. He in it, Tim, in his presser last week going in, he talked about how he likes coaching, likes being the guy around the guys, likes preparing. And when we talked, whether it's Ben Volan or whoever we talked to, a guy that's 70-plus years old, why does he keep doing it? Why does he keep doing it? The answer is it's all that he knows. It's what he loves. It's his entire life he wants to coach. So we'll see, and we'll see what answers we get today from the Patriots as they move on. Ohio State wide receiver Emeka Egbuka announces he is returning to school for his senior season. Ooh. That takes a little bit of a ding for the uh, the wide receiver class this year, which is loaded, and maybe he sees that, right? If you are – A receiver in this class, which is loaded, and he's a first-round talent. Maybe you think, if I wait a year, I could maybe move up even more. Or maybe he just wants to go to college again. But Emeka Egbuka is not coming out of the draft this year, so he will go back to Ohio State for his senior season. Sad train horn for Egbuka because uh, he'd have been one that I'd like for the Bills. Eh, maybe next year. Jack in Buffalo. Actually, that reminds me, Sal. I have a draft question for you that I didn't get a chance to get to. We'll get to it after Jack. Hey, Jack, what's up?
4: Hey, guys. Good morning. Uh, I'd like you to check with Pat Hammer next time you get a chance. I just got word last night that the game between the Dolphins and the Chiefs will be the coldest ever played at Arrowhead Stadium. There's a a terrific cold snap coming, and it occurs to me that that's going to bleed over to the eastern part of the country as well. So I thought that would be worth looking into. Yeah, the
2: forecast for Arrowhead is minus 10 on the wind chill. That's tough.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, cold, right, is a relative term because you know, again, this 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 thread I was referencing yet before about, you know, what I wrote in Dolphin's fans and I said, look, the Bills have played cold games, colder than what you're going to get there. And people said, no, no, they never have. Look at the temperature. The wind chill is what matters when yeah. it comes to cold. It's the real field, it's the wind chill. And wind chill has actually changed back in 01, I believe. The National Weather Service changed how they calculate wind chill, actually. So you'll see some like, oh my God, it was negative 59 wind chill. Well, that was in the 50s, where that same thing might be like negative 20 now.
2: Yeah. Battery operated clothing is now allowed at the stadium, by the way. Worth pointing out, right yes,
3: it is. Field Shear is uh, one of the sponsors like they, they do that stuff, so field shear, mobile warming by field shear. I will in full disclosure, I endorse mobile warming by field shear, um, so I'll just tell you yes. They, that is allowed. They're actually the official mobile warming gear of the Buffalo Bills. Um, and I do, before the games, you read the promo for me doing the Facebook Lives. Yeah. Jeremy, for the Bills game. And that, that is who sponsors the Facebook Lives. And I actually have done many videos this year of showing the mobile warming gear. I have gloves and the gloves have a, a battery you can put in each one. Um, the chest, the vest you have. And the really, the nice one for me is I like the socks a lot. There's a battery opening, a zip. On the back half of the of the sock, and you have to charge the battery. It's like a normal charger, like you would use at your home for your phone. And then you basically just plug it in. You hook it up to a little wire, and and your your feet get warm. It's crazy. The toes get warm. So yes, mobile warming by field chair is that, and battery operated gear is now allowed. Now I don't know, like every single piece of battery operated gear. I don't want to speak on that and give wrong information. to Everybody, I know that particular company is and that kind of stuff that they make is for sure now
2: yeah okay very good all gearing up for sunday uh jim and arcade before we get to my draft question for you sal hey jim good morning hey good morning guys actually uh my question was about the battery heated gear and you just covered um,
1: everything i was wondering so i appreciate it
2: yeah there you go yeah you can wear that stuff now it is uh allowed all right so the draft question for you sal I clicked on a mock draft yesterday, and come on, you, you know what I did, right? It would have been, let I me mean, see so who did it. It was um, the mock draft I looked at. I'm looking at my notes to see if I have, I don't remember where it was. Anyway, who did it? But it was the Athletic, Nick Baumgartner of the Athletic. What position did the Bills take in this mock draft?
3: Uh. You're asking me either, A, because I don't think you'd ask me if they took a wide receiver.
2: They did not. That's, a, that, like, that, I, that's right. I, I it was, don't think... It, it was not a wide receiver. And the comment even said, while the Bills have needs at receiver, they have a need but blank. they're going to take a safety here.
3: No. Keep guessing. Hmm. Um... I'm not going to say corner. All right, corner. I'll go corner. No. Um don't tell me running back though
2: Not running back. No. Okay. Offensive line. That's cheating. Um But Sam... yeah, the but the answer is yes, offensive line. Tackle. Tackle. Okay.
3: Where would you put tackle on their needs? I mean,
2: Spencer Brown hasn't he had
3: the kind of year that <coughs> Their offensive line I would line... not put tackle on their needs very high at all. No. Uh, let me let me let me tell you this. Not only, you go go through the list here, okay? Deion Dawkins is having maybe the best year of his career. Yeah. He just made the Pro Bowl, and not that that should matter, but he is having one of the best years of his career. He has one year left on his contract. He's a perfect extension candidate because you could lower his salary next year and give him an extension. Perfect candidate for that. So I don't think they need a left tackle at all. Right tackle, Spencer Brown, also having the best year of his career. Now, there have been injury issues there, question marks early in his career, but he's bounced back from that. He's played, and he's been good. He's been steady. He's been reliable, and I think you go forward with him. On top of that, I'll add, they really, really like Ryan Vandermark as a tackle, a backup tackle. If anything, they need a veteran tackle like they have Jermaine Ifedi right now. Like That's the kind of guy that they could use. That is not a young tackle to take in the first round. You'd be wasting that pick to me.
2: Yeah, if you're taking an offensive lineman, you're taking a center. Because Mitch Morse might be about done. I mean, I think he's given thought to retiring. But if I were to list the needs before tackle for the Bills, it would be wide receiver, safety, wide receiver again, corner, defensive tackle, defensive end, center. I mean, I get a lot of spots before I get to tackle. Not to say that you wouldn't you wouldn't take one or you wouldn't maybe try to upgrade, but still like of all the spots on the roster, I was it was, it was the first time I'd seen any mock draft give the Bills a tackle. And I'm glad to kind of run it by you and say like, "Oh, I don't I don't see it." Maybe maybe Spencer Brown is Whatever. They, they they have somebody on the board they can't turn down, and they just go with it, and Spencer Brown gets displaced. But I was surprised. I don't hear many conversations about the offensive line. In fact, the Bills' offensive line grades out as one of the best in the league at pass protection, and in the run game, they're about middle of the pack. It's a, it's a good unit. It's the best offensive line Josh Allen has probably ever played behind. And the idea of an upgrade, I would, I would only think you'd go for the replacement at center because Osiris Torrance is pretty safe there for a while Connor McGovern has been good and he's long-term deal you mentioned Dawkins it's only center and right tackle and I don't know I feel like the bigger need is probably at, at center or at least interior line with flexibility we always talk about how much they like that so there you go I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that 8030550 it is Thursday tomorrow's football Friday we're gonna be spending lots of time talking about this weather and getting Pat Hammers updates and. uh I'm going to get my gear ready. I'm going to go out in the Elements today with my dog into a park and just stand there and play with him. Uh, he'll be fine. He doesn't care how cold it is. I'll bundle up. I always do a dry run. When I'm going to a Bills game and I'm going to need to really get head to toe, bundled up, sometimes it's going out, playing with the dog, or standing in my backyard for an hour. I, I, I give every outfit, every setup a dry run to make sure I get no surprises on game day. I know what you're thinking. Like, you really stand in your backyard by yourself for an hour? Oh, <laughs> well, sometimes I invite a friend right, what's over.
3: The, what's the routine? What's the pre-game? I invite, routine?
2: you know, I invite a guy, my my buddy across the street. He comes over. <laughs> we stand out in the backyard in our gear, making sure we're ready to go for the game. I think it's important.
3: I I had I had something I have to get ready for too. Um, so. Our buddy Joe Licata, you know Joe, right? Joe used to be quarterback. and yeah. now He's at um, Williamsville South High School, right? He's, he's got his, his quarterback camp. He does a great job. does a great job with his quarterback camp. And I'm not trying to plug that. It's just a story because Joe's come on and we've talked about it. But he's got his quarterback camp this week. And Max is attending quarterback camp for the first time. So anyway, we get this email about everything to bring, right? It says you got to bring um, sneakers. It's on turf indoors. you got to bring sneakers. Football, and then at the bottom it says, also bring a wide receiver with you so everybody can throw to somebody. And I'm oh. like, wait a minute. I text Joe. I'm like, you, I got to go play wide receiver now? Is that, again, Was that what has to happen? So, yes, yeah, so you have to bring a wide receiver. So I've had to now kind of get back in mode of, so I've become my son's wide receiver apparently at quarterback camp this starting this weekend. Very good. Got to have your own personal wide receiver with you. Hey. I would love that. <laughs> you know how much I love. I know, players. right? It's yeah. it, if you ever go to, um, you ever watch pro days. That's what happens. You go to a pro day for the NFL. Like a lot of the guys catching passes aren't going to the NFL. Most of them aren't. Yeah. They're just there because they're teammates, and you throw to them, and it's like that's a really cool deal. Yeah. A
2: point here, Jeff writes in regarding the battery-operated clothing. You have to take the battery out before going through the detectors. And I, I would imagine then you, could, okay. uh, you you put it back in. But that's part of the procedure is they ask you to take the battery out before you go through the detectors. So thank you, Jeff, for writing that in. Extendo Sports on the way. Extra Point Show. Zach and Josh had the Extra Point Show on this uh, wintry Thursday as the winter weather starts to roll in.
1: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Breaking sports news airs first here. Guaranteed. WGR Sports Radio 550. 2020 Sports.
4: Extendo Sports.
1: All right.
2: Wrapping things up here. Extendo Sports. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt coming up on the way on the day Bill Belichick is out in New England Press conference coming up at 12. Sal, Mike Florio has two other coaches that could Mm. still leave their teams before it's all said and done. There's a suggestion that Mike Tomlin, right? Mike Tomlin could walk away from the Steelers. Would he do that? Heard that, yep. And Todd Bowles, if they don't have a strong showing, Mm. could Todd Bowles be out? Again, this is a different coaching cycle than others because it's not just fire your guy because he's bad. The Belichick sweepstakes, if in fact there are sweepstakes, might force some teams to say, I'll fire my guy for, for Bill Belichick. So you never know.
3: Could be two more. All right. Well, you know one thing I've thought about? I actually, i you, you might think I'm crazy here. Maybe you do. I think he might be sneaky good as an analyst on TV because I think he intentionally says nothing. But sometimes when you get him in a moment where he talks, he's actually really good. Oh yeah, he, and he, I think in that setting he may say, "I'm letting it all out. I don't care. I have to protect anybody anymore."
2: Yeah, he's done videos at their website breaking down plays, and he's everybody bit as good as oh,
3: Dan Orlovsky yes. is on
2: ESPN. He just mostly chooses not to be.
3: So. That's right. So I actually think he'd be sneaky good there, but I think he probably wants to coach. How about uh, how about this? Idea? I don't know if we'll be together tomorrow. We'll see. But go ahead.
2: How about this idea? Saban and Belichick do a podcast together, or they launch the Saban Belichick, yes! the Saban Cast. Yes. Right. Like they're like Dude, if the Manning's it be
3: good, the, we, it'd be really good. It would
2: be if the Manning's can do it, we can do it. Start a media empire. I mean,
3: put Pete Carroll on there. You need a little more. Yeah, he'll be like the energy guy, but they'll be talking the X's and O's. You let Carroll kind of direct the traffic for it, I think it'd be amazing.
2: Yep. It'd be a three defensive-minded to go counter-programming to the uh, cor- you know all-quarterback Manning casts. All right, so yep. thank you. Uh, practice today for the Bills, and uh, we'll be waiting to see what the injury report brings. If any of the day-to-day guys were able to get back in for practice, even on a limited basis. That's it for us. Football Friday tomorrow. Josh and uh, Zach coming up. Uh, Josh Reed going to join them, chat a little about, about the Bills as well, and that Belichick press conference coming up at noon today here. Stay tuned on WGR.